What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Cap. This is your host, JD, and what we're going to do today, we're going to cultivate. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is your other host, Erica, and we're going to accumulate. And guess what? Together, we're going we to prosper. Prosper, definitely. What's good, Miss Jackson? Oh, my goodness. I'm, you know what? Every time we get in here, I'm ready. I am ready. It's been a I won't say crazy week. It's been a long week. It's been a long week, and I get in here, and I'm ready to get this ball rolling. I enjoy this. I do as well. I can attest to that it has been a long week, but we're here today, so let's get it started with the buzz. The What's first buzzing? What's buzzing? First buzz topic we have is Memphis. We have a new mayor, Paul Young. Yes. And he is 44 years old. Uh, the brother has uh, not held political office before, but he's done a lot of things within the city. So city's looking to go into a new direction. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, first, let me say, because um, one day Paul is going to be looking at this. Paul, congratulations. That's first and foremost. I was very excited to see that he won. Um not just because he's an East High alumni, you know oh, what I'm okay. saying? You know, we're talking about East High here, I'm just saying. But um, <laughs> not just because of that, um, and his sister graduated from high school with me. But um, I love what he has been doing in the city of Memphis. He's been the CEO and the um, president, I believe it's called the Downtown Commission. Okay. And I do know they're looking for somebody to head that, that up. But he's been really big about the city's development. You know, yeah. being able to see Memphis develop. Memphis is a great city. And we can be just like, as this lady, Amphra Boyd says, the new Hollywood. We <laughs> can be that. And I feel like we have just the person that we need to help us get on the right track for that. So I'm yeah. excited. I'm, I'm glad I, I, he was someone that I did vote for. I don't usually disclose who I uh, <laughs> vote uh, when I do, but... Um, it's just time for a new direction. Memphis is a predominantly uh, African-American city, but we get a lot of slight for the crime. But, I mean, crime is happening everywhere. Exactly. Now, even though I'm not originally from here like you are, I've been here uh, <laughs> since 2006 when I moved here from Florida. So I, I, I consider myself a transplant. But uh, Memphis is more than just Elvis and barbecue. I promise. Yeah, it's more than just that. So uh, I look forward to uh, Mayor Young doing some big things, and hopefully we may be able to see if we can get him on the cap. That will be the business. Yeah, that would be nice. Second buzz topic. Man. Miss Jada Pinkett Smith has uh, made some comments uh, before her book gets ready to drop on the 17th. And um, – I'm going to let you give your take on it before I say you what I'm saying. You see I'm shaking my head already, right? <laughs> like you see I'm shaking my head. You know, they say SMH. I'm shaking my head. Um, don't get me wrong. Let me say this. Jada is a beautiful person. Um, you know, she has always been so beautiful. I loved her in Different World. I've loved oh, the yeah. show Most she's definitely. been in. Wonderful actress. Um, and as she gets older, she is still beautiful. Beautiful person. Mm. I'm saying the good stuff first. Um, <laughs> let me set the stage. Um, but um, 
this was shocking to me. I look at the infamous slap. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, and this you have a man who literally was defending you. Um, and that changed me with Jada a little bit, even back then. Because you had someone who's defending you and you never said anything. You never tried to stop him. You know what I'm saying? And now this man can't do the Oscars for 10 years defending you. And you're not even, you're separated from this man? You've been separated from this man. Jerry, you might have to take over because I'm just, the more I talk, it's, it's, it's aggravating to me. Mm. How? Just How? Well, it's like this, and we're we're. I'm gonna say this, and then we'll we'll move on from this. Um, you know, I never talk about other people's relationships because it's not a one size fit all. Like people tend to want to make it, but you know, just her uh, infatuating comments about my guy Tupac. He's not here to defend yeah. himself, um, and you know, she has two kids by Will. Um, and we all know this, but it's just something had to happen. I'm not excusing it. Right. Uh, there's got to be some scoring factor there because there's no way you'll continue to embarrass somebody that you've been in, you've been married to, had two kids with, and just for the sake of to sell a book or or attention. But regardless of the fact, um, to say all this now to to. It's just it's one of those things where why 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 yeah. bring this out? Just bring your book out, but why look. say all of this? Because look how it's making him appear, and even if he's co-signing off it, uh, which we don't know. You know, he hasn't spoken. His personality is different than hers, but um, it's just you know people are kind of getting tired of it, unless it's people who are messy that want to be up in folks' relationship or whatnot. But uh, I just hate that it that has come down to this. Um, so um, I just, I hope that, um, you know, that they can move on from, from my understanding, she keeps saying that divorce is off the table. So I don't, I don't know what this arrangement they got is, but what works for them works for them. But she we just tired of hearing the negative stuff about, about, about it, you know, just, just let it be just, you know, if you, you all are living separate lives and you still do your business together, so be it. But to put it out there, and this is why I used to caution people back in the day when they were like, relationship goals. Will and Jada, I was like, you don't know what's going on with them folks. Exactly. And I used to say that to some friends, and they used to like, Jada, you're so crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. You really don't. We do that with people, and we never know what's going on behind the scenes with people. So That's it. Uh, even people That's in our everyday lives, pastors or other folks that we see, it's, it's cool to want and desire something that someone has together that they're working together. That's that's no problem. But when you start coveting what folks have, you mm -hmm. don't know what could be going mm -hmm. on behind the scenes. So um, I'm just I'm just retired of hearing this. I know that I am, and and hopefully um, you know that we can just move past this because from the summer of the entanglement <laughs> to the slap. Yes. Now this is like, come yes. on, let's let's just just get on with this. So, um, but on another note, like I said, today is a great day. We have a very special guest here. Um, she is the author of two books, uh, "Leading with Feet: Making Intentional Steps to Live Out Your Best." Uh, 
I also booked Roadmap to Success, moving from the 95 uh, who fail to the five who succeed. This sister is a CEO of Vision Strategy Management. Uh, she's a podcast host of Women with Grit. She's a graduate of Johnson & Johnson Lead Global Leadership Development Program, a Florida State alumni, National Society of Black Engineers she's affiliated with, as well as the Network of Executive Women. Um, all the way from Atlanta, where it's the, the, the land of the peaches, we have a Florida orange tangerine here today, Miss Sherelle Lons. Thank you so much for having me this afternoon. And by way of the U.S. Virgin Islands and the British Virgin Islands. Okay. 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 <laughs> I hear what you're working with. We're really glad to have you here. Definitely glad to have you here. So besides some of the things that I said, what are some of the things you can tell us about you that besides what, I, what I've stated? Oh, my gosh. Um, so many things. But one of the things I want to start with is I am the proud mother of a 12-year-old Young okay. entrepreneur. Okay. And um, we had the he had the pleasure actually of speaking to Talladega College yesterday okay. about his business. So that is exciting, just kind of seeing the seeds that you you know sown kind of sprout forward. So that's exciting. Um, so he's doing that. And yes, thank you so much. I do have an organization, Vision Strategy Management. I have another organization called Sherelle Lands where we do publications, speaking, engagements, training, development, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's great. That's, that leads a segue to something I wanted to ask you. I know that you, because um, um, we're Facebook friends and, and, and social media friends, and I met you five years ago at a, at a award ceremony here in Memphis. And since you are a businesswoman, I, and I know that you was a mother of a son, I was going to ask you how did you influence him with the entrepreneurial spirit. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so that that's one, right? I truly believe in generational wealth and generational leadership. And with my son, he's been right there with me. So I am a single mom, have been for now 12 years, I guess, no, 11 years, 10 years, somewhere around there. Uh -huh. And um, dad is very active in his life. However, one of the things is that he's, you know, since he's been with me, he's been a part of this journey and things of that nature. And so being back this year, he's right there with me. So he's kind of seen a lot of it. And, and the space of what he knows about mom is, you know, mom's, you know, in front of the camera. She kind of does these things, but I pull him along. And I do believe in being very intentional and in teaching him life skills and the entrepreneurial journey just because there's a specific kind of grit that you have to have in order to even be in, in that space. I see you smiling. I am. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I am is because I get excited. I'm really big about the youth. Yes. Two of my biggest things going uh, in the past has been the youth mm -hmm. and theater. And now I've been delving more into the business mm -hmm. arena, but those still in the forefront. And even one of the ways we connected was me doing a youth leadership coaching program um, last year because I did a youth leadership um, boot camp years ago and I loved it. They have a master's in leadership now. Mm. So I'm really big on that and really big on teaching the youth about leadership That's and it. entrepreneurship. So to hear you say That's that yeah. and how you are with your son and he's able to actually see, mm -hmm. you know, what this world is like. 
Um, and I'm going to get to my question, but it just <laughs> it that just did something that, to yeah. me because um, when we are going to school, you know, they're like, you're supposed to go to college, mm-hmm. you get married, you have this ultimate dream and you get a great job, job, mm-hmm. job. Then what? Job. Mm-hmm. You hear me saying job. I do. I do. Yes. But some people aren't made for a job. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you're molding him now for that other side so he can see what the business world is like too exactly. um but that was just dear to my heart the <laughs> <Yeah>. strong <laughs> um but in that there are like so many people who have always wanted to start a business mm-hmm. i myself had the thought of doing this met conference and doing this stage play and i had it in me for 14 years yeah. mm-hmm. and so before i even did anything so my question for you is, as many people who start a business and everything, and they start it normally because um, through hurt, mm-hmm. through pain, or because they lost a job and they mm-hmm. have to do something, so it's a hustle. Yeah. What prompted you to start yours? Mm, okay, so interestingly enough, I never saw myself as someone that wanted to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't something that was on my mind. And in 2008, I had an experience while I was like, I had a rocket on my back. I was doing very exceptionally well in corporate America. Young African-American woman engineer, typically one and only in many subsets. And I learned how to navigate that space. But while I was working in corporate, um, one of the things that I always say is you can't control someone else's bias. And I came across someone that had a strong bias against me being in this leadership position and role and just kind of, you know, thriving. I, you know, so he kind of inherited me. Well, what he was really determined to do from the very first day, and I can say this definitively because he said it directly to me, is that he said, I don't believe that you belong to be here. Mm. And why can't I be where you are? Literally said that to me. And, you know, in my, wow. my young space, I said, okay, well, I'll show you, right? Because my work ethic was really strong. And I just had the confidence and belief that my skill sets were enough. That was the first, I mean, like I learned a lot in that season and I'm grateful for it. It's one of those experiences worth having. I wouldn't say it was worth repeating, but he tried really, really hard to remove me out of that position. And I remember one day waking up at 4 a.m., in the morning and I was just stuck. And I remember sitting in bed and I was crying and I was sobbing because the realization had set in to me that no matter what I did, no matter how good I performed, that I felt that this person, because of the bias that they had, which had nothing to do with me, Mm -hmm. was going to have an impact on my livelihood. But that was the day that the entrepreneurship mindset was birthed in me. Because for me, it was the space of realizing that I wanted to be in control of my livelihood and I wanted to be able to continue to allow, take a bet and a chance on myself, especially if all these other organizations were able to do so. Now, 
God had a ram in the bush. He wasn't mm -hmm. successful in trying to remove me and yeah. anything like that. That's a whole other story about how God moves in my life. But that is when it was born. And then the remain you know, the next couple of years, the next five years for me was cultivating the purpose. Come on. And being able to recognize exactly how, yep, how I wanted the, the manifestation of what God placed on the inside of me to spring forth. But mm -hmm. that's the nature of how it was birthed. Um, and then there was some time in between before, like you said, it was inside of you for 14 years. For me, it, I was under the dirt for a very long mm -hmm. time. Just and, and we, you know, we shy away from the dirt, but there's there's richness in the dirt and the quiet moments in the solitude moments of life, because that's where the shaping of the vision right. happened but long before anyone ever saw it. And then five years later, I decided to ink it on on paper and then continue the manifestation of what became VSM. That manifestation, that's my word, <laughs> um, and cultivating too. That is amazing. But you know, sometimes you, they do say that sometimes God will make you uncomfortable mm -hmm. where you are. A firm believer in it. To yeah. get you to move forward. That's amazing. Yes. And I think sometimes we limit our potential on the basis of what we think, but God has to stir us up. He has to continue to true. shift us in order to, or sift us in order to shift us, to elevate. So, Absolutely true. That is true what you're saying. Uh, everything you just said, uh, it makes sense. I can relate to that in my own life. I know I'm sure Erica can. I can. So um, what I wanted to ask you was, like I said before in the introduction, you're an author of two books. Yes. Um, what was your motivation in writing those books and which one do you hold dearest to your heart? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would have to say leading with feet. So I'm a big believer that, you know, sometimes we shy away from the uncomfortable moments in life. Mm -hmm. But I believe that character is built, you know, when we're pushed beyond the space of comfort, as you right. mentioned. So leading with feet was born again at 4 a.m. I get up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I set my day with intentions. And at that particular day, 4 a.m., I got up um, from my prayer time and I had this visualization of a woman by the name of Sue that lived in Singapore. And Sue was walking through the airport. She was distraught. Her makeup was smeared. She was dealing with something heavy. And she was wrestling with this thing. And as she was walking through the airport, she passed uh, down the hallway and there was this beautifully lit bookstore. And inside of the bookstore was an open shelf for a book. And she paused in the moment of dealing with all that heaviness. And she simply admired the white lights, the rhinestones that lined the side of the casing. And she said, wow, I wonder what book will go there. And then she turned and she kept walking and she and all of that heaviness returned. And in that visualization, it was the moment that I realized that the book that was trapped on the inside of me wasn't for me. What if Sue had that book on that shelf? Or mm. what if in that moment that mm. she was walking in Singapore, a, a, you know, a space that I may never come to actually get to, I may never meet Sue. But if that book was there for her, what would it have done to her life? That lit a fire up under me. And it lit a fire up under me to, to get everything that was locked into me out of me. Because me, for me, it was 
feeling like the reason why Sue couldn't get what she needed was because I was operating from a, pa a place of selfishness and not wanting to get it out and get it on a show. Mm -hmm. So to your question, the inspiration for me in writing Leading With Feet was getting it out to Sue was being able to move beyond all of these challenging circumstances that I had, in, had in, encountered in life in such a way that I could now share it with those people who may never, I may never get a chance to meet. Um, so that one has a really special place in my heart for me. Wow. And I'm getting ready to, to unlock book number four. Come on. Coming later this, this, this year. Um, but I'm excited about it. Sometimes I kind of go away into a space of just preparation and mm -hmm. working. And it's a cycle for me when I say releasing books, because the closer I get to that launch date, you know, inherently, I kind of want to pull it back in. <laughs> but then I remember the Sioux. I remember the Sioux of the world and they inspire me to continue to push. That was so inspiring to me with me working on my first book. Congratulations. And thank you. It's It's been a struggle. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say a bad struggle mm -hmm. because I've been trying to work on it at the same time as first when I was working on my play. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time that I'm working on a conference. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I had to stop, yeah. regroup, and God told me to give it that that same attention that I gave to the play and that right. I gave to the conference, give it to this book. Mm -hmm. So it's not late. It's right not late. Time. There's a scripture that I love that says um, uh, Habakkuk 2 and 3. Mm -hmm. It's 2 and 2 and there's 2 and 3. For the vision is for an appointed right. time. That's right. <laughs> Though it tarries, wait for it. It will surely come. So it's coming. That's right. And it's just for, just like you said, it's not just for me. Yes, I'm writing a book. Yes, mm -hmm. you want to make money from it. But it's those people mm -hmm. who God has for you to reach, the Sues, yes. the people you don't even have a name for yet. That's right. But it's people just like Sue that's like, I need this. I need to know how to make it from detours mm -hmm. to journey. Exactly. I need to know where my feet are going to lead me. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So that's amazing. Exactly. It's really inspiring. Um, I'm a business person, but I've always been into nonprofits as mm -hmm. well. So with all the nonprofits that you have had, what has been um, most challenging in having that uh, nonprofit and not only having it, but maintaining them? What has been the most challenging in having it, I think, has been the space of... Um, I wouldn't say that it's the vision. I wouldn't say that it's the space of even the people. The funding is there as long as you keep your foot on the pedal. And for me, okay. it's been the space of being able to, because I believe in creating cycles of revenue through the space right. of organization so that we're not always kind of relying on the, the um, grants and funding so much. It's been right. able to space to do that. To be honest with you, for me, it has been identifying the right person or people with the same level of um, connectivity to it to birth it mm -hmm. so, or, or to, to continue to work in it and continue to work on it. Um, I've done a lot in the space of nonprofits. I sit right now on the board of uh, three nonprofits. Three. Wow. Okay. Three nonprofits right now. Um, and 
They're all doing amazing things similar to you. It's in, either in the space of children, either in the space of women, mm -hmm. or the space of STEM. I'm really passionate about STEM and continuing to see the advancement of people in that. And then the last one is really in the space of really helping people live their best life, regardless of their starting point, you know? Okay. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I answered your question directly. You did. <laughs> you did, and then some. Okay. And that's, that's powerful that you um, sit on those boards. Um, I'm sure, I don't know how many African-American women are on those boards that you're a part of, but I'm pretty sure that it's, it's getting better than what it used to be, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and something, some, for someone to look up to in that, in that aspect, for some young lady, I know when I used to work in the school system, the young fellas and the young ladies, I would talk to them about, you know, beyond just being in school, what is it you want to do? Mm -hmm. um, me being a former athlete, I let, let some of the young guys as well as some of the young ladies know that everyone's not going to make it pro, but you still, there's other things that you can do with your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and use the internet and everything for something more than just entertainment, you know. Exactly. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, since you know you're on CAP, we always ask questions related to the acronym. When I when I uh, came up with this podcast, cultivate, accumulate, prosper. So I'm gonna ask you, what influenced you to cultivate your company vision, strategy, management? What influenced me to cultivate vision, strategy, management? It has been okay. So my again, my degree is industrial engineering, very technical. Fortune 500 companies hired me to come in and grow their organizations. Mm -hmm. Largest business that I managed was $5 billion. So there was a space of technical expertise that I have, or that I had even then, that I have now. But when I look at our community, when I look at other small businesses, mid-sized organizations, the skill set that I have was also one that I feel like a lot of businesses lack which is the ability to take this seed, manage the middle so that you can see the results. And for me, being able to see it forward, continue to pay in my passion just for community and um, community as well, it was how can I take this skill set that I have, package it in such a way to help other businesses grow and thrive and then reinvest it. So VSM, Vision Strategy Management, is exactly that. For me, it's purpose and execution through the space of taking that technical expertise, distilling it down in such a way that others can, can apply it. For me, it is so important to do that because, like you said, if we don't succeed in business, people start businesses either for the space of opportunity or necessity, right? right? Mm -hmm. I need to because something happened and I got to do something in order to mm -hmm. stay afloat, stay alive, et cetera. Right. Or opportunity, oh, this would be a great idea. More often than not, than not, it's on the side of necessity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what that means is we may have a technical expertise, but we may not have the space of the business side right. in terms of how to grow it the right way strategically to know that I got to dip before I can lift. Those are things that, you know, I had. And so for me, I recognize that if we don't succeed and if these businesses don't succeed, it's more than just a business that fails. Mouths don't get fed. Sometimes people put their home up, you know, and then that turns into mental illness, which then leads to physical ailments. And mm -hmm. so for me, 
the cultivating of vision strategy management was a necessity. It was necessary. It was necessary to do this so that we could, I can reach more and the company, which I now have two locations, that we can reach more people and we can change that trajectory. Right. Yeah. Now, that's very interesting because it's so... It's so many people that looks at look at that aspect. I want to start the business. I want to do this. And they're yeah. looking at the necessity of it, just mm-hmm. as you said. And it's so much that they're not looking at. Like, you can have a business, mm-hmm. but you have no clue on mm-hmm. what it means to be a leader. Yeah, that's you right. You have no clue on what it means on how to deal with other people. That's right. Um, I've been put in situations. I had a job where I was at the front desk of a trucking company. Mm-hmm. So being there, I learned how to be able to talk to the truck drivers. Right. But I also learned how to be able to talk to the CEO and the president. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can talk to both aspects. You know, I can, you have truck drivers coming in and they're having to come in there. You having to deal with conflict because mm-hmm. you're the first person that they see and they're cursing. They're doing yeah. all this stuff and you have to help diffuse them. And I learned that I know how. Mm-hmm. So that helps when you're starting the business. You have to look at every aspect because it's going to be a whole lot of stuff That's right. that comes in it. And you're going to have to learn how to deal with change. That's right. Because change is inevitable. That's. I'm yes. sorry, I can go all day. No, I'm with <laughs> you. But, you know, what I would add is not everyone, I mean, starting a business is not for everyone. Exactly. And I know it's trendy right now for mm-hmm. everybody to want to start a business, but you you have to be prepared. Exactly. You have to be ready. You have to know that some things are are meant to be hobbies and they're not businesses and that's okay. But you have to have the right mindset. You have to have the right attitude like you talked about the space of doing it because it's different being singularly focused on, I'm just working on this one thing. Mm-hmm. And now when I start a business, I have to be concerned with the end to end. Exactly. I have to be concerned about my people. Right. I have to be concerned about the messaging and, and the metrics and how to measure success and knowing mm-hmm. when to pivot. There's so much more exactly. to consider. And it's not that we should know everything, but to know that we need help. And being able to step outside to do so helps you to grow your organization. Right. That's where, where we help. Now, with the accumulate question, mm-hmm. had it in my mind to ask you a certain way. I'm going to change it around just a little bit. Um, so people have accumulated, when they look at things that they have accumulated in business, they're looking at accumulated wealth, mm-hmm. accumulating um friendships or so many things. What have you accumulated along this journey? Mm, starting a business, business in general. Oh, my relationships, I think, has been a very important one. Yes, wealth has occurred. I think wealth, the definition of wealth, you know, people look at it as as, as monetary. Mm-hmm. For me, from it's a space of abundance that supersedes that. Yeah. You know, uh, the accumulation of wisdom, which I think is priceless, mm-hmm. the experiences, it is. those things to me, when I think about what I have accumulated in VSM, um, the, the ability to transform lives, I think is a space of accumulation. And those things are so important because you can't, you can always take a business, start a business, grow one, be successful in it. 
and then spin and do the next. But when you understand the space of wisdom and how to think through it, you have the opportunity to do and accumulate more. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it would be on the side of resources, relationships. Those things, I think, are priceless, you know. And those things are very priceless, uh, what you're saying. Um, I, too, myself know about building relationships, even with people who I didn't think, you know, we had nothing really in common per se outside of whatever the the business or the venture Mm -hmm. was. But that's a part of growth. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, um, regardless of where you head, you know, you come from, man, I'm on Southside Chicago, father ex-Navy, lived in Florida, moved to Arkansas, finished high school, went to Tennessee State, uh, young father, uh, became a father after graduating high school. Um, so it, it is, you know, people's backgrounds and, and journeys are different, but you never know along the way who you're going to come in contact right. with to build not only businesses, but just relationships, period, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, so for the uh, – prosperous one what um out of all your achievements and accolades what would you say has allowed you to prosper the most or is it a series of things or is it you know what 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 would you say has allowed you to prosper the most state of being okay i know that's loaded and i say that simply because I think prosperity is more than just going back to the accumulation of things. I think prosperity is a way of being. It's being humble. It's being coachable. It's being teachable. It's the ability to learn. Like even within VSM, we we only work with people who, um, or I'll, I'll say, put it this way, our saying is we will not fight you to help you, right? So you have to be willing. You have to be open. You have to be in a space and a mindset to be ready to receive, but also ready to give and not just always taking. So when I think about the space of prosperity, it is the mindset and the way of being that continues to put me in front of rooms and people. It is coming in humbly, asking the question of what can I give as opposed to what can I get? It is the space of being able to say, here's, here's how I can help and support. I talked about my son and, um, he did a speech yesterday to the Talladega College, the basketball team, right? Okay. Well, that's and what's up. it was that was cultivated through relationships. That was, you know, that came about through the space of giving. And I'm of the mindset that, you know, whenever you go into a room or you step into a room, you ask yourself, what can I give as opposed to what can I get? And or to be able to find and the ability to create a mutual win-win. I think those things lend itself to prosperity when people genuinely believe that you're there because you care and because you genuinely do care that it comes back into your hand. And so that whole cycle of reciprocity, when you give, it's going to come back to you. I can't hold it tight because if I do, you can't get anything either. You got to be willing to give. You got to be willing to open your hand. Right. And so I think the more comfortable we are with that state of being of opening our hand, the more we receive back. And that's what it's been for me. Just the ability to say, okay, well, how can I help? How can I support? What can I give? That's that's great because that that is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That saying is so true. You hear it so often that it almost becomes like 
cliche, but yeah. it's so true. Mm -hmm. It's so true. They want to know that you care. Yeah. I can think about, you know, like I said, if I walk back through my journey and I'm not, I'm not here on a merit of my own. It's been organizations that's poured into me. It's been people who said, you know, give Sherelle a chance or raise a hand. I still had to step up to the plate, but it's been at the space of being able to, um, once the door is open, you know, not only burst through it, but who am I pulling with me? Who am I, mm. who am I tugging along the way? Yeah. And then not only that, the other thing is we get, I feel like sometimes people get really concerned about, well, I'm gonna pull you as long as you're behind me. No, I'm gonna push you. I'm gonna push you ahead of me and I'm gonna say go. You know, continue to right. push, continue to climb. I don't see why there's any reason why if we're working on the same thing and I've accumulated a lot of years of experience, you shouldn't have to start here. You shouldn't have to start here. You should be up there. And it should be my business, my destiny, my desire to help right. continue to push you even beyond whatever what I could have, you know, cultivated, accumulated or prospered Come in. On. You know? <laughs> so, so that's my thing, which is like, what do we do to continue to, to, to push to the next? Because there's no reason for us to repeat what we've already, you know, gained. You know what? We're going to have to make sure that we have a clip of you putting all three of those together. You know what I'm saying? Cultivate accumulation and yes. prosper. We're going to need that. I'm with it. I'm it's with a it. basis of a whole commercial just with you Amen. on here. Yes, I'm with it. Well, definitely um, everything that you said has been uh, eye-opening, uh, great wisdom, um, and we see how – you maneuvering with your business and how you influence not only your son, which is a good thing, uh, others. Right. And, I, you know, so definitely that is something to is commendable. Uh, some, and you've always been someone I've admired as far as what you do and how you, how you go about doing it. So. Thank you. So now we're at the segment of the show where we're going to have a little fun. Okay. Okay. So we got this segment called Top 5. Um, okay. <laughs> and my top five that I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm going to give you my take, and then I'm going to ask you what, what's your take on it. So my top five is what is your top five black rom-com movies? We know we're heading towards the holiday season. Just so, five? Okay. Yeah, yeah. so that means because, wow. yeah, you know, I'm synonymous with the number five. That was um, football number. <laughs> my first two books, Five Dimensions of a Man, came out of high school in 95, my very first Apartment was apartment A5 in Madison, Tennessee, right outside okay. of Nashville. So, And five is the number of grace, so I'm synonymous with number five. Okay. All right, so top five black rom-com movies. I'm going to give you mine, not in any order. Don't okay. have to be in any order, but just five. Uh, the Best Man, Brown Sugar, Love Jones, um, Boomerang, and Jumping the Broom. Okay, so you got three of my top five. So Love Jones, The Best Man, Brown Sugar, um, Thin Line, which okay. is another, like Martin Lawrence, I feel, you know, definitely did that as well. And, oh, my God, who am I going to put up there for the last one? Um, I'm going to co-sign on Thin Line. That was a good one. That was a good one. So... Love Jones, Brown Sugar, Best Man. In no particular Man. order, yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thin Line, you said Thin Line twice, so what's the, what would be I the I said film? Thin Line twice? Yeah. Oh, I did. Okay, and um, let me see. 
I guess it's really not a, 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 a temptation. So I'm going to go with that. Temptation. I'm that, more music. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was interesting. Before I get into my top five um, segment, uh, let me say, Boomerang, uh-huh, <laughs> big Eddie Murphy fan, sorry. Um, best Man. Especially the best man final chapter. Yes. Love that one, but all yes. of the best men are wonderful. Um, thin line, brown sugar. I got to see that mm-hmm. they just said, was it 21 years? Yeah, a couple of days years. ago. Yeah, yeah for uh, brown sugar. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Love Jones as well. Okay. Did I say Love and Basketball? You did I'm not. Like that. That's okay. That's, all right. My so, but that's so a good that, one. That, yeah. that would be love your one instead of Temptation, Love yeah. and Basketball? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Love and Basketball. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So top five books, um, that's interesting being that all of us, well, you two are authors, I'm an upcoming author, so this is a great one. Um, Five books, I love um, Purpose Driven Life. So that's in there. Um, I'll take any one of John Maxwell books. I probably can put all of his books like right there because that was my start into Mm -hmm. leadership Mm -hmm. with uh, John Maxwell. Um, let me see. I loved, um, who it's been like so many books that I've read and I've been like missing in action with reading some of these books. Um, so those are two, um, I have loved reading, uh, wow. Most of them must have been John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. So most of them, I would say probably four of those are probably John Maxwell, Mm -hmm. then Purpose Driven Life, because I have been really, really big on that. Um, Oh, Seven Habits. um, Highly Effective. Highly Mm -hmm. Effective. I love that one. And then, of course, it's been kind of hard. It was kind of hard to think when I was thinking of these, because I'm a big fan of John Maxwell, as I said. But it's also been some local authors mm-hmm. of like books that I have read. So that's awesome. Um, okay. Favorite top books are hard for me um, because there's so many amazing ones. So I'm going to do authors if that's okay. Um, Deepak Chopra. He okay. is okay. Okay. Yep. So Deepak Chopra, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. I read a bunch of stuff from a wide okay. ray. And Dr. Wayne Dyer is more on the side of how do you live a meaningful life. And he has a clip about the, it's called the shift. And he talks about the morning of life and the afternoon of life. Moving from from success to a place of significance is what I call it. Um, I'm with you on John Maxwell. I like him. I like C.S. Lewis as well, Christian author. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Priscilla Shire is another great yes. one. Man, there's just so many, so many amazing authors and books. From the business side, Lean In with Sheryl Sandberg was a good one. Um, there's another good one called The, um, uh, it's, it's Simon Sinek's, and all of Simon Sinek's books are, are really good. How Great Leaders Inspire Action, that's not a book, but it's about um, cultivating your why, and the essentialist is a is a really good book. Or the one thing I've heard of that one. Yeah, those two were really good books on the space of productivity. 
And, and I'm sorry, one more. And I know this is way more than five. Oh, no, that's fun. <laughs> um, Tony Robbins. Man, I could go on. Tony Come Robbins on. is, you know, another amazing author. His book, Awaken the Giant Within, really, yeah. you know, it yeah. that broke something early on for me uh, in, in my life and in my career. And, um, you know, Earl Nightingale. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop there. But that one's it, it, that one is a bit challenging for me to find authors I, I love to read and and I read a wide array of things. Yeah. I can feel you on that though, because even with John Maxwell, um, and that's been like so many years ago, like in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. I was introduced to him when I was doing my youth leadership um, yeah. uh, boot camp, and. I was like, that was my start into loving leadership. It's part of the reason why I got a master's in leadership and everything, you know, just being able to um, be so inspired because books inspire you. Yes, they do. They do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. That was great. (laughs) Okay. Um, Like quite a few books because I read myself, you know, can't, I know there's a myth that a lot of brothers don't like to read, but that's, that's totally false. You can't um, say your own. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> but um, not in any particular order, but <clears throat> I, I like The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Um, I also like The Way of the Superior Man by David D- David Dieter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm back rereading that book because I've read it many times, but I always tend to, you know, something I always get from it. Um, the autobiography of Malcolm X by Alex Haley, because I'm a you know huge Malcolm X fan, um, and his life and what he did as far as for our people. Mm-hmm. Um, Think and Grow Rich is another one, and um, I also like the book. Um, you know, even though I'm not of this religion, but it's a help for all. Um, black men in America, uh, the message to the black man by Elijah Muhammad. You know, I, um, you know, I just like anything that's going to help cultivate us as a people, as a culture to move further and move from where we've been to where we're trying to go. And, you know, when I mentor the young guys or anybody, I always try to impart in them that it's more than one way to get to the top and you don't have to follow a certain particular script they try to push narrative they try to mm-hmm. push on us mm-hmm. so but there's a variety of books that i read whether they business motivated personal self-help spiritual but i would just say those are five that that uh that influenced me heavy mm-hmm. yeah awesome yeah so great 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 listen for our viewers right now while you are watching and you all know what I'm going to say. So you might as well go ahead and look at that little box. You see it? As you're watching, you see the little box right there. It says subscribe. Click on that box right there right now. Go ahead. I'm giving you a second. See, didn't it feel good? Uh, make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. And um, time for our banana peel. So before we get into that, make sure that you send your questions in to thecappodcast3 at gmail.com. That's thecappodcast3 at gmail.com. Keep sending us those questions, people. 
Come on, because we have some good ones and we have a good one for you today. So let's get into it. Um, I'm 34 years old and will be getting married for the first time in March 2024. I want to have the wedding of my dreams. My parents aren't able to pay for something extravagant. So I asked my fiance to co-sign on a loan with me to get the wedding of my dreams, but he refuses to do that. I'm not trying to be selfish, but I feel like no one wants me to be happy. Am I wrong? And this is coming from Felicia in Raleigh, North Carolina. You want to tackle that, Jerry, or you want me to? Uh, you know, ladies first always, then I'm going to give my take on it. So go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So Felicia, 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 I'm not going to say you're wrong. What I am going to say is <laughs> um, think about so many aspects of getting married. Um, I have never been married myself. Um, however, I look at the aspect of this is the wedding, but after the wedding, you're going to have the marriage. So I think that it would be good to get with your fiance. And if he's not happy with actually co-signing a loan, maybe together you can come up with a good plan of something that can still make it a wedding that you can really be happy with, that you can both be happy with. A lot of times we look at um, the bride. And I'm a woman myself, so I understand. And it's a lot of times we're thinking about what we want, but you are getting ready to embark on a whole new life with another person. So think of that other person, too, and the life that you want to build. Um, so, of course, you're looking at the wedding, but you're looking at the life that you want to build as well. So building that together and in building that together, maybe you can continue to talk to each other and come to a compromise to where you won't have a wedding that could possibly, because so often it brings you into debt. And of course we don't want to have debt going into the marriage. So talk to each other and see if you can come to a compromise that can help both you and him and still give you the wedding of your dreams. Oh, that's a good point you made, Erica. Okay. Let me try to peel back this banana. First of all, I want to say bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> he but was now, waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now for real, uh, let's let's just let's just look at this. I, I get it. I know as as a woman, um, that's something that a lot of women desire to to do. Um, you're 34 years old, so you're, you're not in your 20s. I'm not saying that you're old, but you're, you're not in your 20s. So and so I get it. You want the wedding of your dreams, but you're, you're, to me, it's one thing to be focused on the ceremony and not the covenant and the commitment, uh, which is the marriage itself. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of women, regardless whether they're your age, younger or older, that would love to be in your shoes to be getting married to someone who wants to love them and commit to them for the rest of their lives. So I'm not saying that, you know, I understand that you want to have the wedding of your dreams, but um, be grateful for the fact that 
you have someone who wants to commit to you in that way, not string you along, exactly. uh, and all the other things that happens in life. And, you know, you don't want to put that strain on your parents if they're not able to pay for something big. And then it seems like your fiancé, uh, you know, I don't know his name or whatnot, but he seems to be you know, smart to not want to just let's get into some debt over a ceremony. Um, I haven't been married myself, but I got plenty of friends who are. And I have two siblings who are, and I'm the oldest. And folks and family always ask me, so when you, I'm like, when I come across the one that I'm supposed to come across. But I would say this, you know, ceremonies, different people want different types of ceremonies. Um, but in my case, if if I were in the process of getting married, I, a small ceremony with close friends and family, mm-hmm. a nice reception, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a bomb honeymoon for, for seven days and we're like uh, cooling the game. We're going to get down on it. <laughs> but but honestly, re- rethink this. Um, don't try to go in debt just because you have this ideal view of what type of big extravagant wedding. Like the biggest thing is the, not the ceremony per se, but the commitment and covenant. Um, right. And it's not that anybody don't want you to be happy. I'm sure that's not the case. Your parents are probably glad that that their daughter's about to get married, your fiancé, you're the woman of his dreams for him to even want to commit to you to marry you. So look at look at it from that perspective. But if you're only going to look at it from the how the society says, you know, you need to have this type of wedding and girl, this and that, you, you're missing the point. Uh, so hopefully uh, you will realize this. Um, and you can still have a nice wedding. It's just it'll be a wedding, you know, within a a a smart budget, and then enjoy, you know, your honeymoon before you come back to the reality of life. Because once you get back, now you are mm-hmm. with someone else, and you all gotta do life together. Mm-hmm. So, so we want to ask our guests, what is your take on this? I think I agree. Not even I think I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Felicia, Felicia is her name, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the space of, ask yourself why, you know, why would you want to get married to begin with? And then to your point, you don't want to go into a union accumulating debt on the, you know, just up front because you know, what about the house? What about, you know, life after and the ability to pour into that? I don't think that it's a measure of your happiness. I would tell you, Felicia, dig within and know that your happiness comes from the inside out and the right. things that you see on the outside are a reflection of what goes on on the inside. And so define your happiness that way. I don't think that it's a measure of your family not wanting you to be happy. Um, congratulations on your wedding, you know, but also to the points that have already been made. This is it's it's really a physical representation of the love that is embodied mm-hmm. and shared between two people and kind of lean into that. That'd be my thought. Okay. <laughs> great thought. <laughs> well, you have heard some some great responses. So Felicia, we hope that you would take heed to this advice and, and, and just enjoy the fact that you are about to make a step that so many take for granted, um, and some people would desire, some don't, but, you know, whichever the case may be, just don't look at it as no one wants you to be happy and look beyond just the ceremony because 
life is going to, you got a life, you got to live life after this. So it's the commitment and the covenant that that's going to really be what entails with marriage. And I have plenty of friends who are married and they let me know, like it, it gets real after the wedding day from that point on. So uh, definitely wish you the best and congratulations on your future nuptials that are coming in the new year. So now we have had a great show today. We've had a great guest here with Sherelle. So this is the moment we allow you to tell our listeners to give your social media handles and how they can get in contact with you to do business with you uh, and anything else that you would like to share at this time. Okay. So you can find me on all forums at Sherelle Land, C-H-A-R-E-L-L-E-L-A-N-S, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find me on any and all of those forums. You can also find my business at www.visionstrategymanagement.com. Reach out. Let me know that you are a listener of the CAP podcast, and I'll make sure that we do a, an assessment for you. Um, free of charge to your listeners that actually come on the show. So you get, if you have a business and you're thinking about how do I assess it? How do I know if it's healthy? How do I know the nature of my organization? You know, go on to go on to visionstrategymanagement.com, drop us a link, drop us an email, let us know that you are a listener of the CAP podcast, and we'll be sure to give you a free complimentary business assessment. Um, and then just follow me online. Check us out, ShirelleLands.com. Be sure to go there. And my last little nugget that I would, you know, continue to say is live your guests, live your best, give your best, and live limitless. limitless. Know good. that you are in control of your destiny, your trajectory, and the ability to continue to transform lives. So don't limit yourself. Live your best, give your best, and live limitless. Thank I you. Like that. that was powerful. You heard it, uh, people. So to all our listeners, there's a free consultation uh, with her and her business. So definitely, that's, we thank you for that. That's, mm-hmm. We don't take that Absolutely. slightly. Thank you for that. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Listeners, I mean, you got it right there. <laughs> free. Y'all know y'all like free. listen um i want to thank you again for coming you have definitely inspired me so it's been a joy actually meeting you hopefully in the future we can connect on some other business aspects as well so it's been amazing um our listeners now it's coming to that wonderful segment you guys it's the d tours moment okay um And so where we're coming with that is this. Don't let, and yes, I'm saying, your stinking thinking keep you from moving forward. Let me say that again. Don't let your stinking thinking keep you from moving forward. Your stinking thinking, your thinking is your detour. I'm not good enough. Um, I don't have the money to do it. Nobody's going to listen to me. What if it doesn't work? It's a whole lot of negativity that you're feeding into your brain and it's keeping you from moving forward. Stop doing that. What if it does work? What if they do listen to you? You then, not only will you be moving forward, 
but you will be able to help others move forward as well. Don't let your thinking be your detour. That's a great, great words of wisdom for the detour moment. So now we're here for the brain drop. And the brain drop today is many put on their representative, but they're not servicing the customer. I'm going to say that again. Many put on their representative, but they're not servicing the customer. This is not only from a business aspect. This can be from a personal aspect as well. People put on a representative to try to attain something or get at something, uh, but if your representative is not true to who you are, you will be doing a disservice to who you're supposed to serve, whether it's from a business aspect, from a relationship that's personal, or what have you. So just think about that when you're out here and you're interacting with people um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, at your job, or in your personal relationships, family, significant other Many put on a representative, but they're not servicing the customer. Be a good customer service rep. Always give good customer service in the form of your integrity as well as respect as well as love. Be genuine with it. So that is the brain drop for the day. Once again, we have had a great show. Thank you to our guest, Sherelle, who came all the way from Atlanta to be our guest today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, um... Like always, um, before we end it, I want to tell you, if you're going to be anything in life, be for real. This is J.D. And this is Erica. And we'll see you next time on CAP. Bye, y'all. Peace.